with another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 63. Whoo! Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I am so glad that you are here with me. I am Jesse Holly, the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak. Man, it just feels so good to be back in the studio with you guys, man. Um, you guys know what you got to do. Like, subscribe, hit the notification button, tell a friend to tell a friend that we outside, unfiltered is outside. We putting that good stuff out, whether y'all like it or not. And there's some of y'all that don't like what I'm doing. It's okay because none of y'all can't beat me. But I, you know, this show doesn't condone violence. We understand it. We just don't condone it. But I will defend myself. <laughs> but like the show, man. Find three episodes. Listen to three episodes at least 15 minutes apiece, man. And um, if you don't like those three episodes, find three more. I promise you there's something that I've said between episode one and episode 63. It'll be 63 things when you see this one that you'll enjoy. That will be thought-provoking, that may upset you, that may make you laugh. Hell, come for the word, stay for the sports, because you guys know how I like to get down. I like to give my motivation in the beginning, because a lot of you are not going to be here at the end, and that is okay, too, because I'm just not for everybody. But before you go, final three episodes, let's do them for 15 minutes apiece, and uh, and then pass it along to your friends, to your coworkers, put it in the group chat, put it in the family group chat. Put it in the uh, put it in the neighborhood group chat. I know some people got the HOA neighborhood things. Put it in there. Put it in Facebook Marketplace. Put it everywhere. Put it everywhere. Barbershops, hair salons, at your favorite barbecue spit. Spit. Whoa. At your favorite barbecue pit. Um, unfiltered should be everywhere. All right, man. Let me jump right into this thing, man. Here is the word uh, for this show. I think it's a good one. I, I was speaking to my best friend this morning. And we had a really good laugh, but uh, he talked about being in a Bible study with one of his, uh, with some of his old heads. And I love, I love old head knowledge. Old head knowledge sometimes is the best knowledge. And they say things that are profound and prolific and, and, and they don't always hit when you think they're supposed to hit, but they, but they always are just, they never leave your, your thought process. And he said this to me, he said, are you a preparer or are you a procrastinator? Let that sink in for a second. Are you a preparer or are you a procrastinator? And he said, the morning comes quick at times with interest. And I thought about that. Are you a preparer or are you a procrastinator? Are you the person that continues to put off till tomorrow what's supposed to be done, what could be done, what should be done today? With the hopes and the thoughts and the in the in the in the thinking of oh I'll get to that tomorrow, and that's on the bad ledger and on the good ledger because we think sometimes well oh tomorrow I will talk to so and so and so and so, but the morning comes quickly, and sometimes with interest, because in the morning that so and so may not be here for you to talk to. Or that apology that needs to be talked about. Or, or whatever those things is. Are you a preparer or are you a procrastinator? Are you looking to get done, things done today? Those things are supposed to be done today. We got to stop putting things off until tomorrow. Because tomorrow comes quick. The morning comes quick. And at times it comes with interest. That we cannot afford to pay. Because those moments are missed. 
So I, 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 I urge you, I champion you, I push you. All of the things, I move you forward to be a preparer, to do those things that are supposed to be done today and not put them off tomorrow. Good, bad, or indifferent. Have the conversations. Make the phone call. Take the jump. Make that move. Quit that job. Say yes to that relationship. Say no to that relationship. Build that bridge. Knock that down. Eliminate that. Encourage it. Whatever that thing is, be a preparer, not a procrastinator. Because the morning come quick, comes quick. And sometimes it comes with interest. And the interest may be something that we cannot afford to pay. Be a preparer, not a procrastinator. All right, man. Let's get into this episode, episode 63. Uh, the combine, the NFL, the underwear Olympics takes place in a couple days. Uh, all your favorites will be there. All the measurements. It, it's, it's, I won't get into that. All the measurements. You'll see your favorite collegiate athletes headed out to the combine where they'll do uh, some tests that I still think are, are important to today's game. Some tests that I don't think is important to today's game. But one of the things that the NFL, and not just NFL, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of sports. They, they, they have these old metrics and they're these old way of thinking of how to evaluate the game. And the combine has basically been the same since I can remember. The 40, the shuttle, the L, the weights. the And some of that stuff has a place to properly evaluate players. But also it, it's, 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 and then we have, we have the testing, right? We have the testing. And most notably, we remember last year, and these things are supposed to be, these are my air quotes for those who are listening via Apple or Spotify, because you can find us there as well. I'm doing my air quotes. These things are supposed to be confidential when they take these tests. And these tests are really, for the quarterback, is to judge their mental capacity on how they do things. And last year, they said that, um, I just drew a blank. Quarterback from Houston, CJ Stroud, bombed on this test, and so because he bombed on this wonderlick test, that he probably wouldn't be able to be a good processor. And most of you know, if you watch, if you lived, everybody isn't a test taker. Well, I don't know if you watched the NFL last year. CJ looked pretty damn good at processing stuff, <laughs> at evaluating stuff. Kurt Warner had a really good um, tweet the other day. He talked about, you know, he goes, I, I watch college football. Now, Kurt Warner, this is a Hall of Famer, Super Bowl winner, MVP. Like, this is one of the, I don't, put him, put him wherever you want to put him at in the pantheon of, of quarterback list. But this is a dude who, and, and, my, and my beliefs, had to get it out the mud. And those of them who had to get it out the mud, I, I just I, I hold a little bit more to what they say because Kurt really had to study, right? Because Kurt didn't come into the league with these with these high um, uh, marks and, and potential. Kurt was a 
was bagging groceries. As someone who works security, I get it. So when you get the opportunity, you have to turn over every stone. You have to look under every rock behind every... You have to gather as much information as you possibly can because you're not afforded the luxury to just be talented. Because if you were just talented, you wouldn't have been bagging groceries. <laughs> right? Um, and so other people through this evaluation, because again, look at Kurt Warner, for example. Kurt Warner was looked at the guy who didn't have the talent. He couldn't do, and then he got with the right people in the right system, and voila, the dude who was bagging groceries became an MVP of the league. <laughs> Won Super Bowls, and eventually went into the Hall of Fame. So sometimes the evaluation, same thing in baseball, right? It's it's same the same, they use these same metrics for pitchers or batters or hitters or whatever. Uh, in basketball, the same thing. And in, in college, uh, let me just say this: like it's it's always funny because like even in, like I watch college basketball, but huge college basketball fans. Shout out to my Tar Heels. Look at your look at your great scores in the national foot the National Basketball Association this year. Just just. This year, last year, a couple years. If those guys didn't go straight from high school into the league, John Morant, John Morant wasn't a 20-point scorer at, uh, at, at, at where? Murray State. I don't even think Zion, was, Zion Williams wasn't a 20-point scorer at Duke. Right? We got, the, we got the Googles. What I'm saying is some of your best, some of your favorite players – that are now 25 and 28 and 30-point scores. Russell Westbrook wasn't a triple-double machine at UCLA. 22 for Zion. All right, 22 for Zion. I'm sorry. Zion. Um, yeah, give me Ja. But some of these guys, now they get into the league and the system changes and more open, right? College coaches want to take you through certain things, and that kind of sometimes can compound your game. Ja probably was 20-point scorer, too. If it is, don't tell me because it's going to mess up my, my theory of what I'm trying to say here. But I say all that to say a lot of times trying to evaluate these things. That's what Kurt Warner was saying. Kurt Warner was saying, I'm watching film of these quarterbacks in college, and he's saying, it's, he's saying, as a quarterback, my season, as a quarterback myself, the things that I look at as a quarterback are these guys on time. Are these guys processing properly? Are these guys creating open opportunity? He said, I'm watching the top quarterbacks, and that's your Caleb Williams and your Drake Mays and your Jaden Daniels and your, your, your Michael Penix Juniors and others, Hartmans from Notre Dame. And he's saying, these guys aren't on time. They Like, all the stuff that we, we are looking for, he goes, I, I don't see it consistently enough to be able to evaluate a quarterback and be like, oh, he's going to be the next one. He's like, yeah, they, there's talent that we can see there, their arm shift and their arm throw, they can make some of the throws. He goes, but when you get to this next level, there's more than just being a talented arm. That 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 is a plus. But if I can't read and if I can't read through a defense and throw a player open, if I can't anticipate a throw, if I can't uh, move a defender with my eyes, if I can't set a play up in the first quarter to come back and hit it in the third quarter for a big play, then you're going to struggle at the next level. So sometimes we get caught up in these metrics of how we evaluate talent and players and from from the combine perspective. But. Such is life, and it's it's a money maker for the National Football League, and and we all know, money makes the world go round, and so as long as people will continue to tune in and and and, and evaluate it and 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 
And the big thing is also that a lot of times you get a chance to talk to some of the owners and the GMs and, and the coaches because they come there because they want to scout guys for themselves. Well, uh, I can tell you one or two coaches that won't be there um, at the Combine. And if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, uh, Mike McCarthy has come out and said he and his newly appointed defensive coordinator will not be at the Combine. They will not be physically present in Indianapolis you won't see them at St. Elmo's uh, with Jerry drinking that expensive bottle of wine that he and Sean Payton are always trying to be the first to get to, uh, and the and the and the and the and the, the shrimp with the with the with the hot cocktail sauce, the horseradish, whatever it is. Mike McCarthy won't be there. Said my workload is too big. I gotta stay here at the office. He and Zimmer are gonna be in the office trying to do things. Now what they will do. Uh, any player that they have on their schedule to interview during the combine, they will do that, but they will do it virtually. Technology is great, unless you're AT&T the last couple of days. Hasn't been so great for you guys. <laughs> Hasn't been so great for you guys. But uh, And at the combine, for those that don't know, when you, you hear about medicals, they go and get full body CAT scans. So if you had any injuries in college, they want to check that kind of stuff out. But the Cowboys said, uh, our, our head coach, on corner, they won't be there. They won't be there. And I don't know if they have to be there. Um, you still have pro days. So if, if there is something that you want to see in a player, there's pro day that still happens. There's a, a bunch of film. You'll be able to interview them during the combine. Um, every so... Also, so that when these kids come in the room for these combines, it's like literally, it's almost like a stroll, right? All these coaches and GMs and NFL people and personnel, they, they're in these hotels and they have these suites in these rooms. And they request, there's a number of players, I should have looked at the number up. There's a number of players that you can have per visit. And so you, you interview these players and that you're interested in. And you only have a set amount of time. Like you, like, you can't have these players in your room all day long. You have a set amount of time that you can come in there, excuse me, and interview these players, and they move on. And the interview is, is we've seen players come out and said they've asked some very, very weird things in these interviews. And sometimes it's because they want to see how you react in tight situations. Some of the stuff is stupid. Right, they'll ask personal stuff, and if you're doing combine training, or you know somebody doing combine training, the one thing they'll always tell you is be honest. They know, these teams know. They've done the research. They they've asked the coaches and the players. They've been back to your hometowns, and they they've done the research. They they've done the research, and they know all the things that you may be trying to keep secret. So they don't need to lie about it. But some of the questions are a little bit. Um, are a little bit outrageous. They, they, they ask these weird, weird questions to see what kind of answer they're going to get from you. Um, and some of the guys they have, you know, do stuff on the board and so on and so forth. So uh, that goes down at the Combine next week. We all will be tuned in on that. Uh, it'll be on the NFL Network, right, still? Yep. And we'll continue to look at the guys. Uh, if you're a Cowboy fan, you'll be looking at defensive linemen and uh, linebackers, maybe some receivers. I'm always in for a receiver. It was always a good thing. But, but yeah, so that so that's pretty much uh, what's happening with that. And I don't think I don't think necessarily Mike has to be there. Mike McCarthy or, or Zimmer has to be there again, because if there are guys that they like, you bring them in for an official. That's all you do. 
if there are defensive guys, offensive guys, whoever it is, I don't necessarily have to go to Indianapolis. I can say, here's the guys that we have evaluated on film, talk with our scouts with. This is who we want to bring in. You bring those guys in for an official visit. You got time with them. Your doctors and trainers see them. Your coaches get a chance to meet with them. Meet with them. They get to see the city. You get to, you get to have longer conversations with them. And I think that part is more important to me than having my head coach and defensive coach go to the underwear Olympics. Because it doesn't really prove anything. It doesn't really prove anything. Well, you know, a lot of guys, especially the first-round guys, the high-pick guys, a lot of them probably won't even do a lot of the workouts. They may do some of the stuff. They may do the interviews. They may do the weigh-ins. They may do the height and, you know, height and weight and stuff like that. But some of them wait till they do they go to their pro day. They just wait till they go to their pro day. So if, if there's a guy that you really want, I got, like again, I got pro day I can go to, which is, you know, I just go there for the day. I don't have to be there all week. Um, or I just wait to bring him in for my official visit. So I, I don't look at this as a bad thing. I don't. Some may say, well, Mike needs to be there. I don't think so. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think this is a bad thing for him not to be there. If they're, if they're putting minds together in the building, and, and, and really getting to it, him and Zimmer, then cool. That's fine with me. That's keep, keep drawing up the blueprints on how this football team is going to be successful next year. I am A-OK uh, with that. In other NFL news, the NFL, sal- this NFL salary cap number has been revealed. And boy, business is booming for the National Football League. Business is absolutely booming. The salary cap for this upcoming year, $255 plus million. That's just under $30 million more than last year. For reference, if we just did 10 years ago, 10 years ago, in 2014, the salary cap was 131, $133 million. We're at 255 now. In 10 years. That means, that, that basically means, for those of you who are watching this who doesn't know what the salary cap is, it's a little bit of an educational show. I went to a public high school. Shout out to the Roosevelt Rams, Abraham Clark High School. I went to a public university. Shout out to my North Carolina Tar Heels. But it's a little bit of an educational type deal. The salary cap is basically the money that you would use to pay for your roster. So when you hear about salary cap over and under each NFL team, now just because the Cowboys had more attendance or just because the Chiefs won the Super Bowl or just because the Giants may have more viewership or whatever it may have you, Every team is cut the same amount of checks. It's $255.8 million. Every team gets that. All 32. And then now each each team has to take their roster and fit it into that $255 million budget. Coaching does not is, is not included in the salary cap. That is a separate out-of-pocket expense from the, from the team. That's, that's a team expense. Uh, the owners are, are do that. That's why you see some guys that are like, man, I don't want to 
I don't want to pay this guy $5 million to go home. But the salary cap is what your team is built in. And so that's why you try to see guys say, hey, this team, as they're currently constructed, are $40 million over the salary cap. That means that their, their roster that they're bringing back that are under contract is over the $255 million that they've been allotted. Now, how can that be changed? Well, you'll have people who you'll hear teams, well, we hit a switch. We turn some of that we turn some of that uh, um, that guaranteed money. We turn some of that money into roster bonuses, and we gave it as, as bonuses. And now we're able to maneuver because their 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 base pay, what we pay them that year, we've lowered that number, right? Because some contracts may be, oh, this player is is is, is on is on a, a brand to make twenty million dollars. Well, they can kind of maneuver that money around and do all that kind of stuff and make it into a sign of bonus and push the money down the line elsewhere. But they'll go, oh, but this year he's only going to make $1 million base salary. So that brings the salary cap number down so I can add more pieces to it. This is why it's so imperative you see teams wanting to sign deals to get that salary cap number down because this 255 is just for the 2024 season. 2025, it'll be something different. You see what I'm saying? So, and at, at this rate, 2025, it'll be more than 255. Now, what does that mean for the National Football League for the players? Can I get an oh hell yeah? Can I get a, can I get a Steve Austin oh hell yeah? That's what players are saying. Well, when this number came out, agents and players who were due for contracts were like, "Yes, sir, ski." The bank will get bigger because there's more money in the salary cap. So now, what was what whatever the pie cut was a year ago, yesterday's price is not today's price. So all these guys do for these big contract extensions, uh, these new contracts, guys who are who are coming up on free agency, they are ecstatic because now this number is is ballooned 30 million dollars more and it got to get spent i think 90 percent of it has to be spent so there you will see you will see a couple positions quarterback because Dak will get an extension and he'll probably make him the highest paid quarterback but receiver will get i mean everybody but there will be some record-breaking numbers there will be some this is the highest receiver contract in nfl history Justin Jefferson might get that this season. I think uh, he he and CeeDee Lamb will kind of play this. They'll play this weight game, right? Because if I'm CeeDee's agent and we're going in for a new deal, I don't necessarily take my deal before Justin Jefferson gets his deal. Because if Justin Jefferson resets the market, then I either try to match him or get a couple dollars less than him. But if I do my deal first... I can be significantly less than what Justin Jefferson gets. So a lot of times you kind of just, if I'm CD's agent, if I'm CD, I kind of sit and, and stand back and go, well, let me see what Justin Jefferson is going to get. He, he right now is probably the lead dog on new contract money. I'm not comparing the two and saying who's better, who's not better. I'm just saying that Justin Jefferson right now for his team, he's probably going to get the biggest deal. So we just sit back and we wait.
That's what I would do if I was there. That's what most agents will probably do. Just right, let let the let the guy who is projected to get the bigger number go ahead and get the bigger number, and then we now based our deal off the biggest number. Don't jump ahead of the gun. Don't 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 put cart before the horse. Let's go ahead. If he gets if he gets thirty five forty million dollars per shoe, all right, cool. Let's go get thirty nine and a half. Let's go get thirty eight million per. But don't go and get thirty five per, and he go gets him forty. That's a that's a five million dollar difference. That's a whole lot of money, but that's what those things mean, um, right there. Some contracts will, will definitely be getting uh, done soon. And if you keep hearing throughout these these contract talks of the offseason, by the way, uh, March fifth, they said the new league year opens up. That's when you can kind of uh, well take that back. Nope, March fifth is when you can begin to franchise players. March 5th is when you start seeing guys get tagged. And, and, and what the tag means, and you'll hear that conversation happen over and over and over and over and over again. He was tagged, this person was tagged, that person was tagged throughout the process of the offseason. Uh, March 13th is when the league year opens up, meaning you can start uh, signing your guys. They'll do deals behind the, They'll March 13th is when you can actually put pen to paper. But at combines, when agents and owners and GMs and front office personnel are all working around in the streets, in the elevators, in the hotel lobbies, these conversations are being had. So when you see those, like, man, how do you get a deal done so much? Well, they spent a week together in Indianapolis. So an agent and a front office and owner, like all the people are in there. So like this is... This week is big for players, for college players entering the NFL, but it's also really big for current NFL players because those agents of the NFL players are at the combine with the head coach, with the owners, with the GM, with the people who are signing the checks. So they get a chance to have those conversations um, just in passing, at the bar, at dinner, wherever it is, they, they can kind of start working things out and kind of come to a gentleman's handshake agreement. And then on March 13th, they can begin to, 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 to do what they have to do when it comes to uh, in terms of money and contracts. But through this time, you'll hear certain things. You'll, you'll hear guys who are um, unrestricted free agents. Right. I mean, they have no restrictions on them and, and they can just go out there and do what they do. But then you'll hear some guys getting tagged and you'll hear things like um, uh, uh, non-exclusive right tags or uh, exclusive tags and uh, transitional tags. And it just kind of just give you a brief definition of what those tags are, like an exclusive rights tag. It's, it's basically it says prohibits a player from negotiating with another team and guarantee the player a salary based on the average top five salaries at a person's position during the current year, or for 120% of the player's previous salary, whichever number is higher. So if a player is being exclusively tagged, exclusively tagged, they will get, in that one year, guaranteed, they will get at their position the average of the top five salaries for that position. If you're a quarterback, take the top five salaries, boom, 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 boom. What is the average of that? That's what you get for your exclusive tag. Now, if you're a non-exclusive tag, right, that franchise tag, 
It allows a player to negotiate with other teams. If a player is on a non-exclusive tag, agrees to a deal with the new team, the original team can match it or refuse and be awarded two first-round picks for compensation. So if you're an exclusive tag, you can't even negotiate with anybody else. There's no need to go out there and negotiate with nobody else. It ain't happening. It's literally against. You can't. You can't. You are exclusively mine. Like a relationship. We're exclusive. We're mutually exclusive. Like we're a union. We're together. Um, but if you're a non-exclusive tag, that means a team. I can now say, all right, I'm going to exclusive tag you, Jesse. But you can go out and you can talk to other women. And if you go out and talk to other women and she gives you a better deal, I can match it and bring you back home or I can let you go. But if I let you go, then she got to bring me back to primetime first round picks. Okay? So that's what that means. So if you're hearing those tags, and I'll give you some numbers. I'll give you some numbers um, for players who are like in the non-exclusive tag, right? So if you get non-exclusive tagged uh, and you've been brought back for that one year, a quarterback is going to make somewhere around $38.3 million. A running back 11-9, which I don't see a lot of quarter, uh, running backs getting tagged this year because the tag for running backs are a little bit high. We started that with Tony Powell last year. He made $10 million just about last year. And they're just not paying that for running backs right now. Uh, a receiver, um, $21.8 million. So guys like uh, T. Higgins may get franchise tagged, right? If T. Higgins gets franchise tagged, then he's going to make about $21 million, $20, $21 million. Mike Evans or Pittman or guys like that, they're going to make those kind of money. Tight ends. Number drops way down, 12.6. Offensive linemen, 20.9. Defensive ends, 21.3. Defensive tackles, 22.1. Linebackers, $24 million. Cornerbacks, 19. Safety, 17 million. Kickers and punters, $5 million. One thing to look at, and this is for next year. It's not happening this year, but next year. You know what? I don't even want to say this player's name. I don't even want to say his name. But I'm going to say it anyway because no one will tell me what to do. Um, for example, and this has been long in the conversation, right? Um, and there's a difference. There's a difference if you're a defensive end or you're a linebacker and some of these tags. That goes for a guy like Micah. Are you a defensive end or are you a linebacker? The money's different in those tags. They're absolutely different. So you want to get the most of you want to get the most bang for your buck. But this is a guy who next year, uh, um, after his fifth year, will the Cowboys tag him? Or will they say, hey, we'll give you a deal? Those type of things happen to these certain players. So those are some of like the kind of little bit of a of understanding that in this new league year the money has gone up. Another thing that's going up that most people don't talk about, don't hear about, don't know about is in the same breath that uh, the league year money went up, 
There's also a thing that's called NFL Players Performance-Based Bonus. Now, you don't hear a lot about it because it doesn't go to the players, really, that you know. It goes to guys. It goes to the Jags of the world, the just another guy. And they got an extra million dollars in 2024 for player performance bonus. What does that mean? So everybody is based on a percentage of snaps. How many plays? What is the percentage of the plays that you play? Now, if you're the starting quarterback of said football team, it's almost guaranteed that you're going to play 100% or 99.99999% of the offensive snaps. For example, Patrick Mahomes is going to play 99.99999% of the offensive snaps. So while he has a high percentage in snaps that he'll play, his player performance bonus is pennies because it's already projected and his salary says that he's going to play a lot of the snaps. Now you have other guys like, let me give you an example of of someone who kind of came on out of nowhere. Oh, let's go Puka Nakua. Okay. Puka Nakua, or we could say, guys, when he, when, he, when he was mystery relevant, Brock Purdy. Well, Brock Purdy and Puka Nakua, their base salary, their first year into the league, Puka Nakua, his salary as a seventh-round pick was very low. As a seventh-round pick, you're not projected to get a high number of snaps. You'll play some special team snaps, but... You are not, you're not projected, a seventh-round pick is not projected to get a high number of offensive and or defensive snaps. So your player performance percentage is greater. So it means you get more money on the back end because you exceeded what they thought that you would play. Puka Nakua, for example, later-round pick, Brock Purdy, Later round pick, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft, those guys who are undrafted free agents. Well, because they have such small base salaries and the likelihood of them playing a lot of, of, lot of snaps are low, they have a higher percentage. So, like, Brock Purdy probably made more money off his player performance bonus at the end of the year when he, started the, when he was a starting quarterback for... The 49ers, Puka Nakua, I know for sure, will make more money in his player performance bonus at the end of this year than he did as his base salary. Because the way he was where he was drafted and the amount of snaps that he played, he became a starter, he became a pro bowler, uh, a rookie of the was it offensive rookie of the year? No, 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 he wasn't rookie of the year. That was CJ Stroud. But he was in that conversation. He had he, he, his catches. He'll get more money for his catches, for his yards. All those things are up above where he was projected to be. So that's also a thing that you look at at the end of the year. It's almost like at the end of some of my some of my um, some of my seasons, I would get a check, and it was my player performance bonus. It was it was outside of what I made that year. Because I played more smack with that special teams. I got some offensive snaps. They accumulate all of that and go, okay, well, this guy was an undrafted free agent. 
here's what his base pay is, here's where his percentage is at. And then it flops for guys who are in the first round. You get more money and you get a lower percentage. So Patrick Mahomes probably gets a check at the end of the year for his player performance bonus as probably a couple thousand dollars because he's projected to be a starter. And then the guys who aren't projected to be a starter or play significant minutes, those guys, that's how you kind of like even the scale a little bit, say, oh, you play, you, you've exceeded, you, you've exceeded the place of where we thought you would be. So for that, we're gonna we're gonna compensate you. And then hopefully you continue to, to exceed and then you get a contract, and then once you get your contract and you become more of a rotational guy, a starter, a starter, a star, that number switches. Your performance bonus now goes down because you're now projected to be Puka Nakua's number will be different next year. It'll be different because he'll be projected to be a starter. The money will change. All that kind of stuff will, will happen for Puka Nakua. Okay? Um, I think that's all I got for the National Football League. So it's a little bit of an education on that and money. I know it could be confusing and, and, and all that kind of good stuff, but that's all that happens behind the scenes. But Combine's coming up, so take a look at that. And, and there's some great people in all – whatever sports – team you follow there's some great people in that that are breaking down the draft and players and stuff like that and, and all that kind of stuff if you're if you're a Cowboys fan you got guys like Jeff Cavanaugh you got guys uh like Brian Broaddus you got guys like Vach Lombardi all those guys are doing some great um um prospect and film breakdown of the draft, right? They get all those guys and all that information. So go check out KT Fun Tweaks and Kyle Yeomans and Nick Harris and all those other guys. There's a bunch of guys who you can go out there. Uh, one of my favorite guys is Dane Brugler. Go check out Dane Brugler and his work. This dude, he, Dane, Dane needs to be in someone's front office one day. He, he will be. He will be in someone's front office one day. All right, uh, headed over to college football. I told you guys last show um, that I would we would talk about this. And I, I just think, I'm not saying that the NCAA – Sports is dead. That that's that would be an astronaut statement. That would be a super super reach. Uh, but I think it's cooked. Uh, I think college sports, as we've known it, um, will be different, significantly different going forward. Uh, we're going to lose the level of amateurism and how things are done. And, and let me say this: I do believe that there's a level of hypocrisy. Because we see more college coaches now. I talked about this before. They're leaving, they're leaving college football. Like guys who have been around college football for a while are like, we're out. We're out of here. It's just too difficult. Recruiting was one thing. Now we have to recruit. We got to do, we got to be in the portal. We don't recruit high school the same anymore. And on top of that, um, teams are, are, are more and more and more um, having to do these NIL deals. The name, image, and likeness. And, and, and I am for the players getting paid. Where I find the hypocrisy at in, in, in the, in the, in, in, is in the coaches because these coaches are saying how much they dislike and how much they despise the new football landscape and basketball landscape. But the one thing I'll say about coaches is that you guys have never, ever, 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 ever been penalized, been talked bad about when you up and leave these programs for new opportunities. And y'all do it every single year. Every single year you see it happening. 
when Nick Saban decided that he was going to retire and that Alabama job opened up, guess what? There was a coach who was sitting in someone's mama house, grandma house, daddy house, telling them how they were going to be there for their kid and they were going to make turn their kid into a boy, into a man, and be there for the next X amount of years. And, da, 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 da. and they left that kid's house, that Alabama job opened up, and they said, I'm gone. I'm gone. And those kids they made promise with that other university are now dealing with the new head coach. And guess what? That Alabama job had to be filled. It got filled. Was there what? Left another void. So another coach had to leave another program that he told somebody's in somebody's living room, I'm going to take your young man, or your, or, you know, well, I'm saying football now, but there's some, there's ba women's basketball, yada, 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 all the same thing. And coaches never, ever, ever take any heat in any flack for just upping and going. They're never penalized. They have been never been penalized for it. Since the dawn of the day, coaches can up and leave whenever they want, however they want, and go chase another bag. And they've been celebrated. They've been welcomed. Fan bases don't have a problem with it. Oh, but, well, I'm saying they don't have a problem with the new coach coming in. That's what I'm saying. Now, when the other coach leaves, yes. But when the new coach comes in, they're not like, hey, you should never left the other program. They're like, thank you. Thank you. When Nick Saban left LSU and went to Alabama, Alabama said, thank you. They didn't say, you should have never left Baton Rouge. They don't say that. At all. When, when, when. I'm, just, I'm saying this to, 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 to dig at my boy Taylor. When Jimbo left Florida State and came to A&M, A&M probably wished they said, no, stay over there. Stay over there. Don't, no, no. A&M fans said, oh, we got Dabo? Uh, not, not Dabo. We got Jimbo? Come on, Jimbo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Jimbo left Florida State having to figure it out. But now that we have this new way of living with these NIL deals, and, and, and I get it. The, the, I'm for the NIL. I'm for the NIL. I am. I ain't a lot to you. I sure do what they had NIL when I was in at Carolina. Whew. But I ain't gonna complain. I, I had a good. I had a good. I ain't had no NIL, but I had a lot of. Good game, Jess. Thank you, sir. And I got about my business. Um, <laughs> but the but the NCAA has so done the done the kids so wrong for so long, and the coaches you were in this as well. You were in this as well because as long as you were able to have that power over these kids' head, you used it. You used it. When kids couldn't transfer within the same conference or kids couldn't transfer with, you know, to another uh, conference and play in the same year, you use that to your advantage. I know I was in my coach's office. I was in John Bunting's office. And I was threatening to transfer. And John Bunting told me, well, if you transfer, you won't be playing in the ACC because I won't, I won't sign off on that. So if there's another ACC team that you like, get it out your head. Because I'm not signing off on that. And if you go to another D1 program, you got to sit out a year. 
Now, you can go. And coaches now are, because coaches, contrary to what they may tell you, in your living rooms, and I'm not saying that, that, that they're bad dudes, but they're salesmen. They are salesmen. They they're gonna tell you that they're gonna turn your young woman, your young man, or your young woman into into that that adult. And some programs do. Some programs do. But these coaches are about that dollar. So now what they're doing is because now a lot of their incentives are being are tied to uh, wins. Conference championships, regular season and or tournaments, bowl appearances, playoff appearances, and the likes. They're saying, well, I don't have time to go get sophomore, uh, freshmen, uh, so sorry, seniors from high school and freshmen, incoming freshmen. I'm going into the portal. But now with that comes the bag. And now everybody wants to get paid. So you have these kids jumping in the portal thinking they're going to go somewhere else and get paid and they're bouncing around and doing it. Some of them do. Kudos to y'all. Some of them don't. That's the one thing that we, we don't talk about enough. That you need to have Tom Rinaldi or somebody do one of them investigative reporting jobs and go, go to the portal uh, burials. Go to the kids who jumped in the portal and don't have nowhere to go. And now they're at community colleges, they're at JUCO, they're at, they're at somewhere else. They're at the crib. That ain't talked about. So this thing has been so overcorrected and now conference are aligning and joining and all this kind of stuff. Football, basketball, college athletics, those are the two biggest. Are, are, it's cooked as we know it. It's never going to be the same. And some of your favorite coaches, some of your favorite coaches are going to start walking away. Because, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing because they're so used to doing things the old way without having to fundraise. It's one thing to fundraise money for the program, but now I got to fundraise money for the program and fundraise money to go buy me a million-dollar quarterback. Because if, if I don't have a million plus, I don't have a good quarterback now. Not with Texas A&M roaming around and Texas and Alabama and Georgia and LSU and a lot of Notre Dame, a lot of the schools who can afford to pay a million and a half for a quarterback. And if you want to get into the playoffs, it's what's going to cost you. It's going to cost you a bag. So this thing, they, they, they have opened Pandora's box. And I don't see how they're going to be able to close it. It has become... An open free market for all players and coaches. And now it's every man for themselves. How can I go get the bag? There used to be a day where the name on the front of the jersey or the name on the helmet sold itself. Now it's, it's the name on the, on, on the currency. Andrew. Who are, some, who are some of the other guys on the bill? Andrew Jackson, George Washington. George, I don't got no money, so I don't even know. Everything's now digital and debit. But Andrew Jackson. Jackson's Hamilton. Is it Hamilton? No, who's, who's on the $100 bill? Who's on the $100 bill? I told you I went to public school, so don't, 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 don't bang me for this. Franklin. There we go. Franklin. 
who who the hell is who did I say? Andrew Jackson, right? He's a 20. He's a 20? Is he the 20? Who's on a $20 bill? Jackson's 20. Jackson, all right. I'm not crazy. But, yeah. Man, football, basketball, college athletics as we know it, now we know it, is, uh, is cooked. In other college news, EA Sports, it's in the game. They said we back. EA Sports said we back and we running it back. We're bringing back EA Sports college football. College football. Now, I'm not a gamer. I've never been a gamer my entire life. Never been a gamer. I, when I was younger, I played the game, but I wasn't a gamer. In college, did not play the game at all. As an adult, did not play the game at all. I don't even own a gaming system. The last gaming system that I owned was the gray. It wasn't even mine. It was my little brother's. It was the gray um, um, PlayStation. PS1? I'm sure. If you say it, PS1. If you say it. It's a gray one. PS1. Yeah. Um, that was it. Never had a Game Boy. Never had a Sega, Gen- uh, never had a Sega Genesis. Never had any of that. I don't even know. I, I don't even know. I, I did. I do. Shout out to my boy Barry Church. I, I did. I did a couple of things uh, over at the Dallas Cowboy Network called Hit Sticks, and they play on the. Um, is that the PS4, or PS5? That's the PS5. PS5. And they asked me to come in to do a segment on the game. Now I can talk. I can tell you football. I can talk to you football. I can give you plays. I can show you coverages. I can do all those things. Nah, nah, nah. We were playing in practice mode, right? And and I had to get, I had to get to, I had to get to the studio. I had to get to the studio like forty minutes beforehand, just so I could figure out what were the buttons. <laughs> I didn't know the buttons. I didn't know the buttons. I know the plays. I know if you line up in the coverage, I know in my heart of hearts, oh, I know what beats this coverage, right? My football knowledge tells me that. I just can't get it in the joystick. I just can't get it. I can't get the joystick to do what I want it to do because you got to go up here. There's up here. There's, there's, oh, there's, there's what's the little, the little thing with the thumb? The, the, the analog. They got analogs. They got, they got two top buttons. Man, they got six. I, I said, listen, I had to get there 40 minutes beforehand. And I got big hands. I got big hands and those little joysticks. It's like a little old joystick like this. And I got, I'm like trying to figure out how, how to do this. I said, man, but I'm going to get paid. So let me figure this thing out. I got this studio 40 minutes before just to figure out what the, like how to do the buttons. But the NCAA said, hey, we're back. I mean, that is like EA Sports said, hey, we're back. And we're bringing back college football. But we are in a new age of college football. Shout out to the uh, uh, O'Bannon brothers. I appreciate you guys. Because for those of you that don't know, use your Googles. Ed O'Bannon and his bro- uh, uh, the O'Bannon brothers, they did a lawsuit against EA Sports and, and, and other college football gamings years ago. Because they were illegally. It's basically illegally. You were using my name, image, and likeness for your benefit of your game. And I remember at those times in college, those games were popping. 
the college football, college basketball, like that was the deal. We got nothing. And I was a two-sport athlete. I ain't get a dime. And they fought, 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 fought. Finally, uh, they won. And we got a small settlement. Um, I think I got like five grand. Maybe like eight years ago, seven, eight years ago. Whenever that lawsuit finally came to fruition. You had to feel it, fill this thing out and what sports, what years, yada, yada, yada. And then they did it. If you if you played all four years, if you played three years, if you were a starter, uh, you had to fill this paperwork out. Um, and then you sent it in to this lawsuit. And then they eventually, in the mail, came a check. I think it was like 5000 I think it was like 5000 And I'm sure that wasn't enough. I mean, because you look at it now, EA Sports is worth $37 billion. That's with a B. $37 billion. And now they're bringing back college football. But we're in this new day and time where now athletes have to protect and own their name like an image. And EA Sports said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to develop. Side note. So, like, EA Sports, they're doing this, and they have all the commentators. So, they have your Reese Davis and your Kurt Herbstreets and your Jesse Palmers and your um, um, and all the guys that you see commenting on the college game days, right? And I... When Kurt Herbstreit kind of did his deal, I, t- I, I tweeted him back. Like he announced, like, yo, EA Sports is coming back with college football. You know, I'm, I'm doing the commentating, da 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 I just tweeted back, are they paying you $600? He ain't blocked me, but he ain't responding either. I did the same thing to, uh, to Reese Davis. Because, like, all these guys now are showing with the process, and I'm like, did you get paid $600? Because that's what they want to play these hits. They want to pay the kids in the in, in college football if you want to have your your name. And they're doing all 131 F, FBS schools. All 134 of them. Which, in essence, is probably about 11,000 athletes. That's simple math, right? 11,600 is, what was that, 6.6? Six million dollars, right? Six point six or something like that million dollars. They're gonna make way more money than that. These games will go. This game will go for for ninety bucks, eighty eighty bucks. What the game goes for now? Seventy bucks. Seventy dollars. Damn, for a video game. Card digital So seventy dollars for a game. That most people, especially if you're a gamer, and gaming has taken over. Gaming is a real thing. You can go to college off. You can get scholarships for gaming now. They're paying players millions. I mean, you got you got guys on YouTube and Twitch and other social social media streaming sites that people they make millions of dollars, and all they do is play the game. And how do they make their money? Y'all sit there and watch them. When I heard, what's the guy named Ninja? Is his name Ninja? Ninja makes like $30 million a year. 
plus, probably more, from just playing the game and people watching. I got like little cousins and, and, and nieces and nephews, and they sit and they just watch. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, watching a dude play the game. You've been watching for an hour. Yeah, I know. So you don't want to play the game? No, nah, they just watch. And then they'll go and, and, and try to do what they did. But $37 billion EA Sports is worth. They're playing their players who, who want to give up their name, image, and likeness to the game. They're paying them $600, $670, because they're going to give them a game too. So $670 to have your name, image, and likeness on the game. But I learned this today. They are working out separate marketing deals with notable players across college football. Guys like Quinn Ewers, quarterback at Texas. I'm sure guys like Shador. This is the Shador. Sanders, quarterback at Colorado. And there's probably others around the league who they are, uh, they are paying these marketing side deals to push the game and pub the game. And, 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 and if, I'm, if I'm EA Sports, yeah, getting a guy like Hewers is smart. If I pay him $50,000, $25,000, $50,000 to market this, Texas has a huge fan base, both past and present, who are huge, probably gamers. Well, if I can play with Quinn Ewers or Arch or whoever in the game, I'm buying it. So that, that, that don't even hell in comparison of what they're going to make. This game is going to sell out. People, people will be waiting outside overnight. It'll be the hottest. When is this supposed to be released, Tay? This summer. No date yet. This summer? Kids will probably be wanting this game, and adults, wanting this game more than they want school sneakers. <laughs> but it'll be a hot commodity. But that is the land that we live in now. That is it. Everybody has to make a dollar off something, and sometimes they want to cheat you out of making that dollar. Um, now, $600 to me back in 2020, back in 2002, 2003, a lot of, a lot of cheese, but that ain't nothing now. What these kids making, man, quarterback from Georgia just bought a $350,000, uh, what is it, the, the Lamborghini truck. What's $600 to him? Nothing. Maryland head coach said a third three running back won a hundred grand. 600 is nothing. But some will say, I just want to be in the game. And, and, and to be fair, to be fair, right? I don't want to be one-sided. To be fair, I don't know how EA can pay. Because if you're the third-string offensive lineman, should you be getting paid as much as the starting quarterback? Like, if you're the backup lineman at Texas and you may play on field gold or you may pay, play in a jumbo package, should you be making as much money as Quinn Ewers on this video game? I don't know. I don't know. 
If I was if I was EA Sports, I would say, my boy, you won't see the field this year unless two offensive linemen get hurt. I can't give you twenty thousand. I can't give you the same twenty that I'm gonna give Quinn. Quinn's gonna start unless he gets hurt or or or, or goes into a terrible spin, and they call for Arch. I don't know. The game's coming. They're trying to pay these kids pennies so that they can make millions. I guess that's, what do they call it, capitalism? <laughs> that's just how we rock nowadays, man. Um, you know, I, I got some NBA stuff, but I'll save that. I'll save that for next week. Uh, Draymond had some comments about Grant Williams. We'll talk about that. Uh, should the NBA, y'all think about this, should the NBA take a page from hockey? Cause you know, because it's been it's this week has been a spicy week. Should the NBA take a page from hockey? Hockey, and said, you know what? If y'all want to fight, go ahead. We gonna let y'all fight till you fall. I don't know. We'll talk more about that next show. All right, man. Thank you guys for joining me. I appreciate you all. Um, boy, this couldn't be done without you. Um, hit me up on Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook at Mister Fourth and Long. Go like Fanatics Views. Go like the YouTube page. Go like the Clips page. Leave a comments. Do all that great stuff, man. Like, put us, continue to put us on the map. Um, yeah, I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to get to 100 million too, without being a mule. I'm trying to get to 100. <laughs> That's a side comment that we had. Uh, everybody has a price. Yes. Tay said he does it. Everybody has a price. Legal, legal or illegal. Everybody has a price. Ted DiBiase said that. The million dollar man. Everybody has a price. All right, man. Leave you guys with that, man. Thank you guys so much for joining. Remember, um, like us everywhere. Hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all over the place. Apple, Spotify. Do what you got to do. Put us in the group chat, man. And remember, are you a preparer or are you a procrastinator? Are you a preparer or are you a a procrastinator? Are you a preparer or are you a procrastinator? Are you a preparer or are you a procrastinator? The morning comes quick. The morning absolutely comes quick. And it comes with interest sometimes that I don't think we all can pay. So just know that, man. Continue to do what you got to do each and every day. Be a prepared, not a procrastinator. All right? I'm out of here, man. Eliminate the contingencies. I'm out!